All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck nicks? What the fucksters? How's it going? What's happening? Are you okay? Everything all right? How's the new year going for you? Have you got the COVID? Are you get, did you get over the COVID? Did you get through the COVID? Do you think you have the COVID? Do you have any fucking tests? Where can I get a test? What do I got to do to get some tests? Is your store closed? Is your business closed? Are you not allowed to do something? Man, it's been crazy. It's crazy out here. I got a few tests. I try to stay on top of it. But I mean, I'm doing comedy shows at the comedy store. For why? Because I like to do comedy. I'm trying to work out new stuff. It's what I do. I drive 25 minutes to do a 15-minute set for a few hundred people in a room. Some masked, some not. Eating and drinking, what have you. If I do my job, I'm probably in a mild COVID mist. Got to figure at least three, four, five, seven people have it in there. Just kind of sludging along, feeling doughy, too much sugar. Trying to self-medicate with what I have available to me. I quit the meditating. My buddy Dan, we were hiking. He's like, he heard that I was cranky. He asked if I quit meditating. I'm like, I did. I just stopped. Because maybe I don't notice the benefits. But I was doing it every day. I was really locked in for a few months. And I don't know what the hell I expect to be a new person. But maybe I got to get back into it. I don't know. I'm drinking about, to be honest with you, I'm now once again making a full Stanley thermos of coffee, 34 ounces of coffee, which I drink within the first couple hours of the day to the point where I'm nauseous. And at night, I seem to be going out. I seem to be compulsively eating the large wintergreen lifesavers. They're so satisfying. And chocolate. And whatever the fuck else is around. It's like a garbage mouth. It's like any cookies... What difference does it make, right? Live it up. Live it up. I got to reel it back in. I think it's just been stressful the last two and a half fucking years. But no, I've been stressed because I told you about the cats. I told you about Buster being sick, not eating for five or six days. And the other morning I woke up and he was there on the bed on the, you know, sitting and I'm putting my socks on. And he's just sitting there in front of me. And I'm just like, you know, come on, dude. I'm tearing up. Are you going to get better? What's going on? I can't take this shit, man. And then I don't know, out of nowhere, he just, you know, he started eating. He, he can't stop fucking eating now. And he's eating a food that he never used to eat. He's just eating constantly, this cat. And he's acting like himself. And I'm so relieved. To see the, the the guy get back, like, just be himself. This is a fucking cat, man. And I just can't believe how, how disrupted and how sad and how it really shook my life up. I got to reel that shit in. But it's my life. It's my life. I think it was a cleaning product. Because either that or Sammy just started throwing up out of, you know, in, in a sympathetic, like you saw Buster get sick, so he threw up too. I don't know what you call that. Sympathetic or... I don't know what you call it. I know there's a phrase for it. Maybe it's called codependency. A relationship. When your your buddy or your partner gets sick, you get sick. But it's not contagious sick. It's just you feel their feels. I think it's a cleaning product. I think I gotta, you know, I gotta start having the floors cleaned with uh, some sort of edible product. Something plant-based. I don't fucking know. 
All I know is I know they're back. Buster is back. Because the other morning I woke up and the cabinet where I keep the snacks and the food is at my eye level. You know, you got to open this long cabinet and it's about two shelves up, big shelves where the snacks are. And sometimes if it's cracked, if the if the cabinet is open a little bit, if Buster works at it, he can get it open, but he's still got to figure out how to get on a shelf. It's not easy. And I woke up the other morning and there was like the high-end snacks, freeze-dried chicken, freeze-dried other things that they enjoy, just the bags ripped open all over the floor, just all over the floor, like they couldn't eat anymore. The only thing that was missing was the two of them just laying there all fat, unable to move from the massive fucking snack party they had. It's just waking up to that. You want to get angry, but I'm like, all right, this is who, this is who we are now. You just rip this shit up. Don't give a fuck. It's, that's cats. But I was happy. It, it was uh, it showed incentive. So on the show today, Javier Bardem uh, is here. He's uh, an actor. You, most of you know him from No Country for Old Men, Skyfall, Before Nightfalls, Dune. He's also a very big star in Spain before he ever even uh, started working in America. He's married to Penelope Cruz. You know him? You know him. His new movie is Being the Ricardos, where he plays Desi Arnaz and Nicole Kidman plays Lucille Ball. It's written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. And uh, I had him over, but there, it's, it's a bit of a story to it. You know, people, I'm asked to have people on the show, right? That's how it works. Get pitched people who are out doing things. He's out promoting the, the Being the Ricardos movie. But anyways, most people know the show or at least get hip to it, you know, before they come over. So anyways, you know, Javier is supposed to come over at a certain time. The car shows up. I walk out to the gate. He's um, he already seems aggravated. I mean, he gets out of the car and he's like, I didn't get the results of my PCR. And I'm like, OK, uh, I, I'm waiting for the results. And I'm like, all right. I said, I, I tested negative this morning. Antigen test. And he's, I said, when was your last antigen test? He said, yesterday. Negative. And I'm like, OK, so it's let's go. Let's we can do it. Right. He's wearing the mask and it's just like it's tense. And then we walk into my house. It's just me in the house. And I shut the door behind me and he's walking into the house. He's like, where are we doing this? Where, where are we doing it? We're going out back into the garage, you know. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, what is happening? Why is this? You, you know, I, I've done like what? Almost 1,300 of these things. I've dealt with all torts, sorts of tones, introductions, you know, ways of being upon arrival, but I just couldn't understand what was up. He looked tired. I didn't know when he flew. He came in from, you know, Spain. So I open all the windows and we sit down and, uh, you know, I turn it, I turn it on and he's like, what is this show? And I'm like, okay, he doesn't know the show at all. And you'll hear that. Ultimately, it was a great talk. We had a great conversation. And to be honest with you, I've sort of got to, uh, Give myself a little credit, you know, because he was out. He's out on a junket. He doesn't know the show. And we got to sit here for an hour and he didn't seem to know anything about it. He's like, do you just like actors? And it was like it was I, I don't take it as an insult, but it does in that moment make my job difficult. So how am I going to ease into this so we can have, you know, a comfortable conversation for an hour? Free form. Like I know stuff about the guy. I do a little bit of homework. But how am I going to 
you know, trick him into easing up, into relaxing, into engaging. And uh, I do it. I do it because I know instinctively in my mind now, you know, how to sort of manage this. But there is a thinking to it. There is a it's just it's sort of a testament to the nature of interview or the nature of podcasting, the nature of personalities that sort of come through in this medium. I can't explain it. But there's definitely a skill set in place at this point, and it's definitely a hyper-engaged skill set. It's not a skill set that enables me to sleep through anything or to get through anything or to make it necessarily easier to get through it. I need to engage. So I got to figure out a way around this guy's not knowing of the show, uh, mild aggravation, uh, the fact that he's probably used to giving these short interviews all the time and and kind of relax into something organic. And I was uh, pretty proud of myself, to be honest with you, because it was one of those moments where I realized, like, who the fuck does this? Who just talks for an hour? Who talks for an hour? Because for me, it's fun. It's This is my social life, and this is engaging with somebody else who has an interesting life. I enjoy it, but it's not something that happens in life much. And you just, I just start to think about that. Like, why would anybody want to sit and talk for an hour? This is the gig. This is my life. How do I get this guy into my life? And I think we did all right. I really do. All right. So, you know what, what led up to this conversation with Javier? And I like the guy. We had nice, I, I think... After all was said and done, he had a nice time. He reported back that he did. So this is me talking to Javier Bardem. The movie that's out right now, Being the Ricardos, is streaming on Prime Video. And it's pretty good. If the actors get the hang of that Sorkinese, it can be pretty good. Okay, here we go. Not familiar with the with the show. Oh, with the show? Well, let's see. Because so I, I live in Spain. So. I understand, <laughs> and you can't get the internet in Spain. I understand. <laughs> it's on internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can get it right. It's a it's a twice a week podcast. I've had many of your contemporaries on. Uh, like uh, last week, I had uh, Clooney on. I had Ridley Scott on last week or two weeks ago. I had uh, 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 Guillermo del Toro last week. Was great. So I, you know, I, I interview people in the business. Started as a, a show primarily interviewing comedians, which I am, and uh, kind of evolved into this thing. I had Obama on the show when he was president. So it's that. All of them came here. Obama came to my old house. He sat in that chair, but it was at the old house, a smaller, shittier okay. house okay. that he came to. It was okay. kind of a big deal okay. when the president comes to a small, shitty house. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it was good. So that's that's sort of what this is. That that's a it's a show that's on twice a week. And how how come are you so interested in movies? Uh, I I, I don't mean, know. It's, it's, it's only movies or also music or sure. I, mean, I do music. I've interviewed you know Keith Richards, Roger Waters, well, you know rock guys. You, you know I've uh, it's a, it's basically I started the podcast when before it really got popular podcasts. Okay. And uh, and I just it just branched out. I'll interview anybody who's creative or in in uh, you know in one of the creative businesses. Right. Directors are a little tricky to get because they're busy. Uh, right. Musicians are are odd because uh, they don't have to talk. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like uh, some of them like to talk. 
Like, I, are you a Pink Floyd fan? Yeah. Like, I had Roger on not too long ago, and that he's he's definitely got things to say. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> the funny thing is about guys who who are uh, guys who've been around that long. Right, you, right. you know, like he he kind of says like you know I want to talk about David Gilmore. Yeah, I want to talk. You know that you know that going in, but within five minutes. He's fucking talking about it. Yeah, right, right, right. yeah, but you know that's sort of it. That's what that's what happened. And I was, uh, and I act, and I do stand up, and I do this. Okay. I was in Spain actually the first time. I won an award in Spain. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, in Gijón. Uh, Is that how you say it? Gijón. Gijón. Yeah. 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 The film festival there. Yeah. In 2019. Yeah. Uh, I was there with uh, my uh, my girlfriend Lynn Shelton, who's no longer with us, who had directed a film. And uh, I won Best Actor. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and that was the first time I'd really uh, been to Spain in a way where I could hang out. Okay. Okay. It was great. Do you know that film festival? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you must have been there a lot, right? I, a lot. And also, <laughs> it's, uh, it is after, follow after why, by the a book. Which like one? A literature uh-huh. festival. Oh, they do? They, yeah. They come together one after the other. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It seems like a nice town. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it there. And the people there is very friendly. Yeah. What, I mean, what part of Spain is that? Is the that north? That's uh, Asturias. Yeah. That's, uh... What separates them? What, what makes... Because we went, I went... I was in Madrid for one day mm-hmm. when we came back. And we, the only plan we had was to go to the Prado muse- Museum to, see, to visit a couple of things. Mm-hmm. This is a good museum for that. Where if you get in your head, like, I'm going to visit this. Yes. You can go visit it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's not as big as the Louvre. Yeah. So you need you don't need to, I mean, you, you don't get crazy going no. around it. You don't but, get exhausted. But it, yeah, but it's it's amazing. Are we recording already? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. The, now, the thing about the, uh, <laughs> but that museum, though, they do a thing that i never seen before. They like, you know, like, you. these are the things you might want to see. You know, like they'll they'll lay it out because they of know. Of course, what... you have Goya, you have Velasquez, you have and um, also you have also uh, yeah Bosch, uh, the Bosch, which is crazy, crazy. and um, yeah, and and Velasquez, right? Yeah, yeah, Titian, like all those. Ple- you do the one of the the Goya of Saturn eating his kid. That that's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> it's very dark, <laughs> and it's very good. That whole room, man, and and I. I had the chance to go and visit after the COVID. Yeah, uh, and they put all the what would be the, the most uh, famous—not famous, but celebrated paintings. Yeah, all together. Yeah, in, in three, four spaces. Oh, really? And that was that was something really extraordinary to watch. So th- somebody curated it. They just took the 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 the, the three of like how many like from the entire museum. Well, the whole Goyas, the Velasquez, yeah. uh, the Walsh, as right. you said, and uh, there were many others. Uh, there is one painting, yeah, uh, uh, of uh, I don't recall the name now. Jesus, yeah. Italian painter. It happens. Well, it happens, especially <laughs> when you are in, in front of a mic, right? <laughs> I, it happens to me when I wake up. I don't. <laughs> okay, Rafael, Jesus, Rafael. Rafael. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, good. The, you yeah, got it. Is, it's a portrait that yeah. is not too big, but it's, it's extraordinary to watch at, to look at, and that was there, and that experience of being alone, yeah, because there was not many people, yeah, in front of those paintings are. It was extraordinary. It was absolutely amazing. I, I would say it was the first place I went to visit after, once I came out of the house. After, after the first wave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, uh, it, it really kind of is amazing how, how paintings over your life change with you, you know? 
that you can like have a different experience with them every time. Yeah, I guess they are. Yeah, they are alive. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, the good everything that it's created with genius. Yeah. It's always life. No. That's right. I think that's a good way to to put it because, like I always say, in this in a similar way, that when you approach something, if something is genius, and you you keep going back to it at different points in your life, it'll it'll grow with you, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I feel that all the time with literature and with paintings. Yeah, paintings. Books, yeah. Music. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how come a song written in the '30s can be so? life today because yeah. it, it, it lasts because it really was made from a different place not a logical place not a place that belonged to an era yeah but a place that belongs to us as nature and yeah that, that applies for any creative form i think yeah that i mean that music's magic i can't under, i don't understand you know like how music works but you know it's like it stays with you forever you just hear that song and you're like oh shit there it is yeah <laughs> for me it's the same for yeah me the music is the most uh complex and profound and complete uh, art form yeah for sure. all of it like all music I go like what do you listen to well I'm 52 years old so I've been very much into the rock and roll sure and to, I'm 57 yeah in of the 80s and yeah. the 90s oh that, yeah that's the time where I shape my musical instinct your brain and, and yeah and uh, likes what are the building blocks <laughs> well I will go very much into Led Zeppelin yeah and the Purple yeah and of course ACDC and ACDC the first six the first six yeah the Bond records yeah of course those are the ones and Black and Black after that okay yeah I know <laughs> but still you see them live and it's crazy the have best, you seen right? them live I haven't you haven't. I haven't. I, you know what? I did. When I was in high school, I saw them open. I swear to God, they opened for Journey. I swear to God. Oh, wow. <laughs> in 1970, it must have been six. I was a sophomore, and I was there to see Journey. That's the oh, fucked wow. up thing. That's wow. a sad thing. I don't like admitting that. But I did see Von Scott's ACDC. Wow. What open. year was that? Well, it must have been the first tour, like 76, 77, 77, yeah. right? That's high voltage. Yeah, yeah. That does the, the time, yeah. The best. I listened to, I listened to them. Still, every like weekly. Yeah, I, I listened to them yesterday when I was hiking. All right. All right. I listened to the live one, the Bad Boy Boogie. Yeah. on on the. If live you want blood, you've got it. Yes. That album. That's the best. One of the best live albums ever. Oh man! When they come back in on Bad Boy Boogie after yeah. the you know yeah you know, like, oh, and the opening of that album Reef Raff. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. is that is rock and roll. It's the best. It's yeah. the, do you have that live at the Atlantic Studios? Do you know that live one that they did? Yes, of oh, course. My God, of course. That's crazy. It's crazy, and I had the chance to. Uh, meet them personally in 2015. Yeah, in a, in a concert that they did in Spain. And yeah, I, and I put myself in my on my knees just to <laughs> embrace the little, the little guy, the Mr. Angus? Young. Yes. So yeah, and he was scared because I'm so big yeah. <laughs> compared to him. Like, what is this? Who is this Spaniard? That is because I, because he, he meant a lot to me yeah. since all my childhood and yeah. And uh, and uh, I started to listen to them when I was nine years old. Nine? Yeah. Nobody plays guitar like that guy. No. Nobody plays guitar like that guy with that amount of energy one after the other. Those uh, licks, man. I mean, he's relentless. Just those, yeah. Those licks. I mean, it's like, it's not complicated shit, man. No. It's just, it's just it. Yeah. So did he talk to you? Did you talk to him? Yeah, I talked to him. And I talked to I talked to Brian Johnson. He was there as well. Yeah, and they were very happy because we I brought like some friends of mine, and we brought him some a good hum uh -huh. and a couple of oh. bottles of wine, 
and they kind of seem very happy with that. Spanish ham. Yes, of course. Yeah, it's, hang, it's hanging in all the windows there. <laughs> so, well, I don't know about the windows. Yeah, well, some of them. Yeah, the bone is hanging there. Yeah, yeah. yeah some have hair the on kitchen. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you get the knife and you yeah. visit it. Well, I think often. in the butcher shops, you know, I just saw the hams. And yeah, so I guess that the hair, the one, the hairy ones are the boars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the best, the best quality of them. It's uh, it comes from Salamanca, uh, from Jabugo. Uh, yeah, Jabugo. It's called. It's very easy to find great ham in Spain. That's that's for sure. That's the thing. Just, ham is it, it, not a brainer. <laughs> ham is the thing. Spain is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so go to you want ham. Go to Spain. Exactly. I mean, is that is that is that is that obvious? Is yeah. That, is that realistic? So you start listening to ACDC when you're nine. Like, who turns you on to that? My brother. You got the older brother? Yeah, he was he's oh, yeah. six years older than me. Yeah, yeah. He was 16. That'll do it. Of course. The older brother. I was chasing him. I was following <laughs> yeah, his yeah, steps. Yeah. And of course, uh, but then he kind of gave up on that, and I follow it. I, I became more of a, of a big You went follower. deeper? Yeah, I went deeper. I bought all the records. and. Uh, <laughs> Deeper into the hard rock, exactly. Into the metal, into the metal. Yeah. Where, where do you draw the line at metal, though? Like, I mean, like, how metal do you get? Mm. Like, what? Like, what are we talking? Like Judas Priest? Like, oh yeah. Megadeth. Yeah, I can do Megadeth. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Metallica. I love, of course, I love Metallica. Metallica is, is like a symphony of metal. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I will draw the line with a Slipknot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, That's not my... Yeah, I, I tend to... like. I, don't, I like hard rock more than metal. Like, I don't consider ACDC metal. No. You no, know what no, I mean? No, that's That's... That's heavy, yeah, heavy yeah. rock. Yeah, and I, I went, I came into Black Sabbath later, you yeah. know, not as a kid, and I like, I can appreciate Sabbath, yeah. I can appreciate Megadeth, but I, I mean, ACDC, I listen to. Yeah, yeah. So what happened? Your brother just got out of the, the music uh, thing. He just went a different direction. He went pop. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the day? Did, was, it, was it a fight? <laughs> no, he went. He went more pop, and uh, and I follow him as well. And I have to say that because the musical taste that we that he had, yeah. and we start to learn together. We welcome every kind of shape of form and uh, yeah. of, of of music. We love it. I Do mean, you musicians in the family? Uh, my. My uncle, yeah. Uh, uh, no, sorry, my one of my cousins, yeah. Juan, it's a it's a musician. He he he's a professional musician that makes scores, yeah, for movies. For movies, he's great. He's an amazing musician. Oh, has he has he done some big work? Yeah, in, yeah, in Spain. For oh yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. That's a, like that's the interesting thing about it. like so much of your early career was in Spain. And I, you know, it's weird because like I was trying to remember. I was talking to my producer where I first saw you, and I can't even. I saw you in a movie uh, playing basketball in a wheelchair. It was like an Almodovar movie. Is that yeah, possible? Yeah, that's called Life Flesh. That's 96. So was that like one of the first ones or no? No. My first one really was around the 89, 88. Right. But the one that kind of made the thing broader. Yeah. Uh, it was 91 called Hamon Hamon. Right. Ham, ham. Ham. Yeah. Ham Ham. And, and th that one that you were saying, Life Flesh, came yeah. like five years later. And did, but that was the only time you worked with that guy, huh? I worked with him before in a movie called High Heels, just saying a couple of lines. Yeah. Like a little extra with two lines. Oh, so you were kind of in and around the show business all the time from when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, because my mom was an actress. Big, uh, big actress? Yeah. TV, movies? 
especially theater. Oh, theater. And then also, I mean, she would do whatever yeah. to earn her money. In Spain? Uh, yeah. Yeah. In Spain. And uh, and my grandparents were actors. Really? Yeah. And the, and, and the family of my uh, mother, they were coming from a long distance of yeah. actors and actresses. My uncle was a director. So, film? Yeah. Film director called Juan Antonio Barden, which he was, uh, he was one of the rock bases of the Spanish film history. Really? Yeah. He won Cannes Film Festival, and he was imprisoned by Franco regime. Did he, you know him? Yeah, I, 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 I knew him. Uh, I knew him a little bit, of yeah. course, because uh, my, my, my uncle was like, I think he was 12 or 14 years older than my mother. Yeah. So there was a gap of age that will make uh, the relation a little bit difficult. Yeah, sure. Uh, so we didn't hang out too much with them. But yeah. Yeah, we had a relationship, of course, and he was a great man, and, and I, I know my cousins, and I love them. All of them work in the film industry. So you like brought you brought up around movies, and you could go see the movies, and you'd be like, that's my uncle's movie. <laughs> the first time I went to see a movie of his that it was very political about, about one uh, politician in Russia. Yeah. It was a story. It was kind of a documentary in the communist era. Yeah. Um, I fall asleep into his shoulder, and uh, and he didn't wake me up. Yeah. He, he kind of understood. It was a little bit too heavy for me to watch at How the time. How old were you? I think I was like 11 yeah. or 12. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to understand that? <laughs> yeah, of course. But, uh, but uh, yes, I'm very proud of him. And funny enough, he was the first Spanish director ever to be nominated for an Oscar in the year uh, 58. Really? Yeah, which is something that I realized in the year I won the Oscar, which was 2008, because it was 50 years later, huh. exactly 50 years. And my mom told me, like, wow. For best foreign film? Yeah. No kidding. I wonder, and he didn't, he didn't win it. No. Uh, my Uncle Jack, that was the, the French movie that won. I can't imagine what it feels like to be part of this sort of like a legacy of, of, of cinema people and actors. I mean, what your, would your dad do? My dad was a businessman. He was trying to make a living out of this or that. And, oh yeah, hustler. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was a man who was not very much into the arts at all, yeah. and uh, he didn't really approve much that we became actors because he knew he knew he knew the upsides and downs, the ups and downs of this. Your As brother's an actor too. My brother's an actor and a writer. Yeah, my sister is an actress. Oh my god! She has been running two restaurants lately, and she's been on that business, which is a very hard business in Madrid. Yeah. So you go to her restaurants? Yeah, I used to. Now the restaurants are closed, uh, and she's back into what I know and I feel it was the it was her her real passion, which is act. Acting. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you feel like now? Did all of you guys? Did, did you all train, or did you just sort of come into it? <laughs> I mean. I don't know. I, I, I start to work little by little, and then... Was it always what you wanted to do? No. Yeah? No, I wanted to be a painter, and oh. I study uh, bell arts, and I... What I, kind of painting? It was more into drawing. Drawing? Yeah, drawing. yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, was, uh, it was always very like realistic painting. Oh, really? Like faces, bodies, yeah, things yeah. like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The expression of the face yeah. would be the thing that I was more interested in. You don't like abstract? 
I do like. I mean, yeah. I, I'm a very good friend of Julian Schnabel. Which oh, yeah, I've, right, because of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a great painter. I don't know if that's abstract or not. It's certainly abstract, yeah. Uh, what I mean is when something is done and, there, and, and it's beautifully done and there's a real artist behind, you feel something about what you're watching, whether yeah. it's abstract or realistically. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And uh, so I'm fine with that. But it's true that I, I am more drawn into kind of the drawings. Yeah. Rather than the painting, yeah, yeah, uh, that's why I like watching. Uh, uh, I don't know, like Goya. Yeah, he was a great. Uh, I mean, he's an amazing. He was a genius. And, yeah, and everything. Yeah. But yeah. you you can see the traces of the drawing right. into yeah, the yeah. painting. Yeah, yeah, and how he put the paint on on top of that, right? And in a very loose way. Yeah. And at the same time, being so precise in what has to be shown and what has to be darkened. Yeah. And that that uh, I mean that all is in the hand of a genius. But do you so still paint? I, I don't. I don't. I, and that's uh, <laughs> that's sad. I should go back to it. But I, I guess I kind of let it go, and then little by little, I understood that those things, unless you practiced, yeah, it goes away. It, and also, it's hard, I think, to when you have a dream uh, to do something well, and you, for whatever reason, uh, get away from it. That you know, going back to it's kind of difficult. It's kind of difficult to go yeah. back to it as a hobby without being haunted by it somehow. Absolutely, and, and not be too hard on yourself, right? Like, yeah, right. like trying to really make yeah, yeah. something good out of it rather than just express yourself or have fun with it. Exactly. It's, like, no, I got all these guitars. I never ever tried to be in a band. <laughs> right, right. But you play guitar. Yeah, I love it. But if I think if I was trying to be in a band when I was younger, it would be different. Right. It would have a different meaning. I, I, I play with people, but I never, it was never, I never believed that I was going to be a musician. Right. So I still enjoy it. These okay. aren't like haunted vessels of failure here. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do you play by, do you play in concerts? Do you get on stage with people? I have been lately okay. for the first time. I mean, oh, wow. a couple of times when I was younger, but I never played with a band. But now I play with some guys and uh -huh. we do covers and like, I'm like, fuck it. You know, it's my, it's like bucket list shit. You know, I've always wanted to do this and now. I'm not afraid, so right. and I got nothing to lose, right. and I don't want anything. And how fun is that? It's great. It's great. I don't know. You know, it's great. Do you uh, do you ever play? Do you play anything? No, I like drums. Yeah. I, I play drums. Yeah. Uh, I've never been in a band, yeah. but I'm sure that the little times where I play with my friends, yeah, not in front of anybody, just for right, us, right. it's a different experience. It's it's something that that's communal. That it's. It's yeah. about belonging to something. Yeah, it's, and it's so, it's so, I mean, you must feel it too in acting as well. Mm -hmm. Because, like, because I noticed that with the, when you watch that Beatles thing, yeah, you know, uh, uh, the Get Back, the documentary. I don't know if you've watched any of it. No, but I haven't. You should. Well, you don't have to, whatever you want to do. But, mm -hmm. the, but the point is, is that, you, you know, those, those songs are so simple. Yeah. But, but, but the magic is them together. Right. That something happens. Right. And it's the same with any collaborative art. That like you know you you bring whatever you're going to bring to it. Either you're going to be insecure, you're going to be confident, or you're going to be in how what it doesn't matter. But as soon as other people are involved, it's bigger than you, and, and something magic can happen. Yeah, especially that. Yeah, absolutely. And also the the magical of belonging to something bigger than you, as you said, and being part of something that it's not about yourself, but about something else. Right. That is a message that you want to get across to someone, in case that means anything to someone. Isn't that interesting? And yeah, that's. That is what it should be, any art expression at, at all, because 
most of the time is about ourselves. It's a little bit too much about ourselves trying to make a, a point about ourselves yeah. rather than trying to really explain or trespass ourselves yeah. to tell a story. Do you think about that though when you take when you look at a script? I mean, like I, I mean, mm. I I can talk about that, you know, intellectually, and I and I think when you when you work with other people collaboratively, you feel that. You know, I mean, but I still think I'm kind of selfish. But when you look at like a script, do you feel like, you know, how can I get lost in this? Yeah, you want to get lost in that at the same time to have some control yeah. over it. Uh, for me, it's basic. I guess as for a musician to be lost is, I don't know, I don't know I'm saying, I don't know. Sure. I don't have an idea, but I yeah. guess it would be more about how much you can rehearse in order sure. to get lost. Yeah, right. And for me, it's about the same. It's like, uh, how really can I have a hold on into this and have some thing to say about it as an actor in order for me to really try to do what I think I can do best which is get lost in it Yeah, but it's not something that you can jump in you just jump in and you say okay let's try this let's try that no I, that doesn't work for me some other actors can do that and I really envy them but for me, I have to have everything covered in order to jump, to make that jump, and okay. try to get lost in it. Do you do you do you remember like? Can you identify the first time you felt that? <laughs> yeah, I feel it was the movie, a movie called The Ages of Lulu, nine eighty nine. Yeah, and it was a tough role because I was playing a bisexual uh, prostitute. Yeah. Uh, you took it though. You took yeah, the role though. It was it was and and funny enough, it was based on an amazing book of a great writer called Almudena Grandes, who uh -huh. passed away recently, sadly. Yeah. And the movie will end up on a whorehouse where these sadomasochist practices were taking place, uh -huh. run by my mother at the time. I mean, my mother another time by my mother who yeah. was the the boss of the whorehouse. So my first role was this bisexual prostitute. <laughs> and your mom was in the movie? Yeah. Your real mother. In front of my mom, where <laughs> she was asking me to not be too violent with one of the clients. <laughs> so, that, so that was... Uh, and uh, So, uh, of course, I have to get lost in it because it was way too hard to, to deal with. And now I think about it, and I go, well, I was 20 years old, and I was so much into it. I yeah. wanted to really give it all yeah. because it was a great opportunity. And I went far, no, not far, not far in, in terms of making the harm, harm to myself or to right. any other, but... Yeah to really imagine that man and I follow people like that over the streets. Uh -huh. I didn't get in myself into any kind of trouble, but right. I, it was the first time that I immersed myself into some kind of atmosphere to yeah. understand what I was talking about, and I love that. Wow, yeah. and and you and your mom was there the whole time? My mom was there, and she said it was one of the most difficult roles she ever played after 50 years of working as an actress because she was, in one way, playing the, the harsh tough woman ruling uh, running the the the, the whorehouse yeah and on the other hand it was my mom trying to understand or help me to do it better or to be comfortable within that situation <laughs> right so it was it was a tough one for her and God did bless you... her she passed away last july oh i'm sorry uh yeah thank you and uh, i miss her so much she yeah. was 82 years old and she the good thing is that i have a brother and a sister and uh we were with her and uh and uh, she felt loved. Yeah. She felt oh, that's loved. nice. She felt loved. She felt a company. 
And she was uh, she was uh, 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 awake in yes, you know, yes, uh, yes. she felt uh, love. That she felt the gratitude. That's amazing. Yeah, to be there for that. Yeah, I that's think. the that's the the thing that keeps me. I don't know, like uh, relieved. Like yeah. she felt the love. Right, you were all there. Yeah, beautiful. And yeah, and like the whole family, probably right. Your kids too. No, just just us because oh. it was it was in time where people were out of out of this, out of Spain. Oh, and, oh, and thank God the three of us were in the same city at the same time. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah that's sweet. So, do, do you think that she was your primary teacher as an actor? Yeah, she was a primary teacher on everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they my parents split when I was uh, uh, four years old. Oh. That's so, young. That's young. Yeah. So I was raised by her, yeah. mostly. My father was there present, but not as present as he should have, maybe. Right. Uh, Did you get I, a resentment I, against your father? No, no. I mean, of course, now, being older as I am, and being a father myself, yeah. and more of a man than yeah. a child, I can understand certain things, and I understand that people try to do their best, and some, and and sometimes you hurt someone without wanting to do so. He could have done better. He could have done more. Yeah. Sure, but also he he did what he could, and he, I forgive him for that. That's interesting because I, I I always wrestle with that because like I think you know people say that like we did the best you could, but there's party that's like did you though? Yeah. <laughs> no, of course we can always do better and um, right, more right. and better. I don't know if the word more or yeah or yeah better or to be more aware of sure the was the word uh, what's going to happen. Oh, uh, oh, the consequences. Consequences. Thank yeah. you. Uh, of our own acts. Yeah. Of course, we have to be aware of that. I know I'm, I'm a, as a father, I'm way more than I, I'm way more aware of that. But at the same time, we have to also frame them in the moment they were educated as children. Yeah. My father was educated in the in a in a moment where uh, manhood it was a very very thick and solid and they had to be a certain type of. Sh- Strength that was yes. Was there a macho uh, element? Yeah, yeah. You can call that as yeah. well. And uh, and the women in Spain and today, but thank God today has yeah. changed yeah. so dramatically. Yeah, still more changes to come. We wish. Yeah. Uh, but women in the time were. I mean, my mother couldn't have a bank account by herself or right. couldn't travel alone. I mean, it, it, so those things, of course, shape. The way you see the world as well, yeah, and and yeah. that was he was educated into that. That being said, he could have been more present. And right. when you say to a kid, "I'll be there," and you don't show up, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. That's, that's the, bad. That's the bad part. You know, that's no the matter, bad part. No matter what the intentions were. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because you hear that story all the time. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be there this weekend to yeah. take you to the game or whatever. Yeah, they don't come. Yeah. It's always the saddest fucking story. Yeah, but it happens. Not unusual. It's not unusual, and that's the thing that you can do better for sure. Wait, could you even imagine though? Like, I don't know who these people are. I mean, I don't even have kids, but could you imagine telling your kid, like, I'll, I'll pick you up at five, and then, like, two days later, go, like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. No. How the fuck does that happen? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, absolutely. And I can't think of that. I can't imagine that. Yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not in, I'm not that guy. I mean, I, I flew sometimes mostly hold the world around yeah. just to be with them for a couple of days. Yeah, I, yeah. I, for me, when I'm working outside, out of my home, uh, I have... I'm always saying that I have two weeks yeah. in my genetics. I can stay away from two weeks. More than two weeks, I can. And then you got to carve out the time abs- to go back? Yes, I have to go back. Because <laughs> sometimes you shoot forever. I mean, sometimes yeah. you're shooting for months. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I have to, if they cannot travel with me, then I have to go back, back and, and wherever yeah. I am. I don't yeah, know. I'm the same way with my cats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course. My sister is having a problem with her cat now, and, and oh. she's devastated. I know how, I was, how important it is. I was having one. I just get, I'm just getting through one now. Yeah. yeah I don't, you don't know what the hell is wrong with them. I mean, mm. it's a weird thing. It makes you feel silly. But if your life, like I don't have kids, if you have these things, these animals, and they're part of your life and they're part of your pattern and you put some of yourself, your, your not self, you, they ground you, you know, they're, you love these dumb things. Absolutely. And if one of them is like fucked up, you're like, Ugh. your whole life, the whole, everything gets thrown off. Is your companion. Yeah, kind of. They don't do much, but you know, they're there. They're consistent. How long have you, have you been with them? These with ones? Her? Yeah. I got a new guy, he's less than a year old, and then the other guy's like five or six years old, and then there was two that were old and they're dead now. But yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, kids is different, obviously, you know, they're, they're never gonna talk. <laughs> you mean the kids? No, my, my cats. <laughs> that would be scary. <laughs> I hope not. Very, very exciting, though. And then I know what the fuck was wrong with it for the last two days. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but did you, so were you brought up with, you brought up, you were talking about uh, that the, the Catholic guilt in Spain, like that's heavy Catholic, isn't it? Yeah, it's been no. It's better now that new generations. I think they are dealing with it way better than what I had to deal with when I was younger. Yeah, I, I guess in historically Spain has been as as violently Catholic as you can be, really. Well, Inquisition <laughs> yeah, was exactly. made up in kind of in Spain, right? Yeah, we were, sure. We have Torquemada, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, and we've we've burned some some witches, and we <laughs> we we've yeah, yeah and we've. Uh, We burned some witches and yeah. some books. As yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we uh, chased those who were not doctrinated by the Holy Church, and and we made them feel guilty yeah. and punish them if we, they got, didn't, got it, rid of the Jews. Got rid of the Jews yeah, yeah. and the, of the of the Moroccans yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a country that has been very powerful in many ways in by shaping itself with. Uh, lots of um, invasion or yeah, conquering yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But meaning, meaning. I mean, there's no big empire in the world that has not done so. Sure. I mean, and we always have to be historically accurate in order to make uh, to to make a, a thing about it. Yeah. And understand that when these people were living in the uh, in the 14th century, they, yeah. they had some issues to deal with yeah. that we don't have today. Yeah, thank God. But yes, uh, yeah. the Catholic Church. And it's funny the you guilt. say we don't have those today, but but like you know when you talk about you know Franco, yeah, you know, we're kind of coming back around to that, sadly. Well, globally, Fran yeah, exactly. Yeah. The 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 ring the stream right wing, as yeah, uh, what you call it, whatever we yeah. call fascists. Yes, fascists. Um, Let's call them what they are. Yeah, is racing up in, in Europe big way. Yeah, in Spain we have some of them uh, actually having a room in the Congress. I know. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's it is it is uh, scary. It's scary, and also, but we have to pay attention to that because they are not there for free. I mean, there is people behind them. Yeah, that are voting for them. Right, and there are some other democratic political parties that are supporting them in order to get their support yeah so they can get more more uh, things moving forward like the right wing in spain yeah is really being supported now by the string right wing and they are going to they are going hand by hand in yeah. many things that are kind of scary and going backwards 
Yeah. To what it was in the 60s in, or in the 50s sure. sometimes. For example, with the rights of the uh, le- lesbian, gay, transvestian com- right. community, bisexual yeah. community. I mean, they are, as we speak now, dealing with things that have been uh, approved and have been uh, moved forward successfully. Yeah. Now they are trying to get it back and push it back. Push it back. And it's. That's one of the examples. The yeah, environment yeah. will, will be another one. Not that different than uh, the Inquisition, in a way. Not that different than the Inquisition, I don't know, but not that different by, by of the time where yeah. where Franco was uh, living and you would be scared if you were homosexual or right. if you had uh, some political uh, views that were not... That were against the regime. Of course, we have democracy and we can speak loud. And but the problem with this is that when you are whitening, when you are washing yeah. that uh, speech on TV on yeah. the Congress, some people out there feel the power, feel empowered to do the actions, and is very alarmed to see how much the violence has increased towards gay people, lesbian people, lesbian community. All uh, around the world. All around the world, and in Spain. Yeah. As, uh, because that, that's where I'm more yeah. familiar with. Yeah. I mean, like, brutal. Yeah. Because they know these people, they think they are represented. Sure. And and you got this guy here called Trump that kind of did the same. Yeah, they emboldened uh, people to be intolerant. Absolutely, because they feel represented by people that are really one way to go. Yeah, well, that's what they want, that one way. Yeah. Well, I mean, what was your uncle uh, uh, putting? Was he, was he, he was he got was, in trouble? Yeah, he was in prison because he had, he had to, to do with the Communist Party in Spain. Yeah. And he was in prison and uh, and he was chased and he was persecuted. And as, as he was my mom as well. Yeah. My, my, my grand, sorry, my uncle was... It was worse for him because he was politically outspoken and very well. Uh, he was obvious. He was oh, right. also public his personality. Public personality, yeah. and also through his movies, you can tell he was doing a very thorough critic against the regime. And and uh, I mean, but that's something exciting to have grown up knowing. That must have been something you, uh, at, at some point in your life, grew to respect. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in my house. We haven't had much when we were growing up. Yeah. But uh, one thing that I've seen firsthand is that whatever we had, we share it. Yeah. And we, we really didn't give our back to the people that are, that are most needed around us. Yeah. Uh, whether or not we had more or less, it was that's not the point. The point is... Help. Show us what you get and and share it. Yeah. And be around and surround yourself with people that are going to create a community. Yeah. A unity with you. Sure. Towards what is the right thing to do, which is not, of course, my right thing to do is not the same as the extreme right wing right thing to do. But there is one thought that uh, my brother the other day shared on a, on a TV or in a radio program, which yeah. is like... Uh, it's like some of the stream right wing people say, you think you are morally higher than me, and that's not true. And I say, well, it is true. In the moment you are chasing or trying to get, for example, the collective uh, 
rights from lesbian gay people and kind of not condemning the violence against them on the streets i am morally higher than you yeah so yes and that's a wrong thing to do right so of course there are right things to do sure like yeah and and that's i guess where i learn with my mom and my family like okay uh also we were we were living in, a, in an area where, where, as I said before, my mother was having lots of trouble by just being a woman, being an actress, and being a single, uh, a single mother. Yeah, uh, that alone will create a lot of danger for her on the streets. Yeah, so I saw that as well. So that by itself empowers the women. In my view, right, like, like knowing that, knowing the strength, ex- absolutely, yeah, and yeah. The admiration I have towards toward women in general, sure. the strength of yeah. a woman, a mother, trying to cope with so many elements, and at the same time being able to feed us all, yeah, to feed the three the three kids. Well, now, what were you when you were growing up? Were you like a, a fighter kid? Yeah, I was. I was. I was because the man in the house was not there to say stop it. Right. And my mom was. He her. her her hands were full of right things, and also she was trying to do theater and TV, and she has to to tour around yeah. Spain doing theater exactly for yeah. months. Right back in the day, so you're just at home kicking ass. Exactly, and uh, we didn't have <laughs> much money to hire someone to take care of us. Yeah, 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 we did, but then my mother, my sister, took care of us. Yeah, but she was very young; she was a kid herself. Right. So that's the ambience where you grow up, and of course, you are watching your older brother as as the example, as yeah. the man in the house. Uh-huh. But he was twelve or thirteen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so of course yeah, yeah. you follow him, and, and then you get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so you troublemaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to be also because in the day maybe it's different today. I don't know. We live in a neighborhood. We live yeah. in a place where you go on the street and you yeah. you shape your and form yourself on the street. Yeah. Yeah. Now I think it's a little bit more different. It's all online now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it's through Twitter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So really so you had to get you had to go out there and get scrappy just to to show uh show the neighborhood what was up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I would always call my brother, he was bigger and yeah. older. But uh yeah, I'll be behind. <laughs> <laughs> but the Catholic thing, you didn't that didn't get into your brain? No, my grandmother, my father's mother. Yeah, uh, she was very Catholic, and she will take me on the to the church many many Sundays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I will be there, and I will. It will be a place where I will feel kind of safe. Sure. I was little, and I felt like to be in a church. Actually, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's, yeah. It's well, a, yeah. The pageantry of it. Absolutely. It's a, all the wizards. Absolutely, it's like a, it's a sacred place, so sure. you feel, you feel that weight. Yeah, yeah, you especially do, especially when you're a kid. Yeah. But uh, but uh, but I didn't follow it up. No. no. So you, <laughs> but you do, you, do you? Are you? You don't have anything. You're not a spiritual guy or nothing. No, yeah. really. I That's mean, good. not really. It's okay. Which I wish I, I I wish I had. I mean, really? I, I believe I believe, for example, when I do, let's say I do, I play this yarnness in being the Ricardo. Yeah. He's yeah. a real person. Yeah. Well, I talked to him, and yeah. I and I kind of talked to him and uh, I, on a mystical plane. Yes, and I communicate with him or what I think 
Uh, it could be him. Well, the and, good thing about Ricky <laughs> Ricardo is that like there's plenty to see. Absolutely. I and, mean, you know, I watched that movie the other night, and I, I thought it was a great story. Mm-hmm. And you know, I certainly didn't know much of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I thought you guys handled the the Sorkin ease very well because <laughs> yeah. that's the trick of that guy. I mean, you know, it it really all hinges on the actor's ability to to perform his writing, right? And I thought you guys did a great job with that. I mean, it's it's demanding when you're working with Aaron Sorkin's words. It's demanding because it's they are so rich and powerful, and uh, and, so, and there's a rhythm to it. There's a rhythm into it. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the 30s. <laughs> you yeah, know, there's absolutely. like a, a thing that happens with him when it's done well. But it's funny because you will think of Aaron as a director asking you to speak faster. Yeah, and it's the opposite. He wants you to to breathe and to be in silence and taking what you've been said. Uh huh. And be aware and be, uh, yeah, uh, that what you're saying has to create an effect on the other. You know why? I bet is because, like, you know, he loads up those sentences. Like, if you don't do it right, it's not going to sound natural. Absolutely. So in order for to make Sorkinese sound natural, you've really got to, I guess, think it. Yes, think it and also making it organic. Right. He's a great actor's friend because he knows how to put the lines with such a continuity yeah. that when you jump into the lines, you don't need to add or take out anything. Yeah, It's exactly what you need to say, no more, no less. That's in the hands of many f- f- few of them. I mean, yeah. It's not easy to find He's precise. That. Yeah, he's precise, but also he knows what the actor needs to say. Yes. And that's great. But at the same time, you have to be very, very truthful with what you're saying, otherwise it's going to sound like, like a script. Right. That's exactly, it's hard, you know, like because I've seen his stuff done well and I've seen it done badly. Right. But you guys did a good job of it. And now, what, so when you took this role, I mean, you knew Ricky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know Ricky. Mm-hmm. What was it What was it that made you like go like, okay? I don't know. First of all, working with Aaron. Second, I was very drawn into the story. Yeah. Uh, him being a foreigner, a Cuban, mm. in the States, the 50s in the United States, uh, the communism. Uh, but most of all, most of all, the love story between them. I think he, for what I read, for what I saw, yeah. from what I heard from Lucy, their kid, their, their child. You talked to her? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and she's been very helpful, and she's a great lady. Uh-huh. Uh, Is Desi Jr. still alive? Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you talked to Lucille Ball's uh, the daughter. Yeah, daughter, uh, okay. yeah. Okay. And, and, and he was madly, uh, Desi was madly in love with uh, Lucille Ball, yeah. and and he will do everything in order to protect her and, yeah. and take care of her. Mm. And there was also something going parallel to that, which is, Speaking of which, uh, we talked about before, yeah. his education as a man in right. Cuba yeah. that will bring some issues with it. <laughs> sure. But, but he won't feel that as an issue itself. He will feel like that's the way I am. And, right. Yeah. And it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, that's interesting, her decision, you know, when it, it, it happens finally not to deal with it, yeah. you know, the timing of it. And it's also like a, a it's a pretty, you know, feminist movie, uh, mm-hmm. really, you know, in terms of how he and how th- I think she really was, but in mm-hmm. relation to the give and take of what happened, you know, him being protective and ultimately doing what he did mm-hmm. on that set that day, mm-hmm. but her also saying like, uh, "No, nah, I don't know if I can live like this." Yeah, absolutely. Right. And also, yeah, it was the last drop in, yeah. in the glass. Yeah, and yeah, I think it is. It is 
feminist in the sense, I don't know if the word is feminist, but I think it's very obvious that it's empowering a woman that it was very powerful. And yeah, she I think that's probably herself. Right. And in the moment where being a woman and a foreigner, it was kind of a weak point to be somewhere and make something out of it. And they both had one of the most amazing and prolific studios companies, I mean, production companies yeah. ever. Desi Lu, yeah. Run by a woman and a foreigner. So yeah. that speaks volumes about who they were. Yeah. It was, so like working with Sorkin, though, the precision of it, I mean, like going back, I mean, what are the different, like, because it seems like somebody like Schnabel is going to be a little more uh, uh, fluid. Mm-hmm. Like, there must be a completely different game. Yes. Yes, it's different. Uh, yeah, Julian will paint right. with, <laughs> the with scenes <laughs> with you. <laughs> and, and Aaron will be more, like, precise. And he wants the things to be contained and framed into what it is, no more or less than that. Well, it's interesting because, you know, with Schnabelin before Nightfalls, that, that was the first Oscar nomination, right? Mm-hmm. And in, And how much of that... Like, how much of that was your role in that was, a, uh, uh, in terms of character, was collaborative? Or how much did you sort of, like, pull together your, yourself? It was it was very collaborative. I mean, Julian is a great guy that yeah. I adore, and he was so helpful, and he is so helpful and so loving. Uh, we worked together, and we tried different things. And it's funny because I always thought that movie was kind of an experiment for me. Yeah. Like a try for me to see if I was... Capable of Why is that? How, performing in a foreign language. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I yeah. never thought that movie was going to be, I mean, received or seen by so many people. For so, you, it was just sort of like, I'm going to try it. Exactly. A, this is a nice low-key project. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I thought. And then uh, out of a sudden, the movie turns out to be a great movie yeah, yeah. that is, is still really resonates. Yeah. And and, and, and and then I got a nomination for an Oscar, which is like crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So you did it. <laughs> yeah, I did it. And I, and I guess if I knew that before shooting, I would have done it worse. <laughs> you would have been self-conscious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that was really the first uh, full English movie you did? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the yeah. It was the first. I did one before that in Spain called uh, Perdita Durango in Spanish, where I was playing Mexican. But it was not an American. It, it was an American production. So, so like now you, you work with uh, what's his name? Enirutu. Yeah, yeah. And Alejandro González uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked to uh, Del Toro about that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the mm-hmm. three of them, the Mexican mm-hmm. directors, the, the 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 trinity of Mexican directors. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like in terms of culturally. I mean, it's 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 very different, right? I mean, I mean, it's still a, a, a Latin world, but I mean, Mexico and Spain is different. We are. Di- it's like being, I don't know, British and American yeah, right, or right, Australian. Yeah. Totally, right. I, I think it's more or less the same. Uh, right. We share some things in common. Uh, some others, we. I mean, if I watch a movie in Mexican, yeah, I can. And if they go into the slam or like on the the way they speak on the streets, right. I, I won't get a word out of oh, it. Oh, right, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and the same for them. We yeah, do yeah. in Spanish, in Castilian Spanish. Right, right, right. Uh, but we share some impulse and yeah. some, I don't know. I, yeah. We share the blood as well. I mean, sure. We, I was doing this. Thanks to the, yeah, the, the Inquisition. Exactly, and, <laughs> and, the, con- and the conquerors. Yeah. Uh, I was doing this great project about Cortes and the conquest of Mexico that unfortunately was uh, canceled after the COVID because uh-huh. many things. A movie? It was a four-episode series. Oh, miniseries, yeah. Yeah, and it was it was a great 
Pryat, and that I was very much into telling that story because for for Spain and for Mexico it's a big it's a big thing, especially sure. for Mexico, right? Yeah. But again, we have to revisit that world with the eyes of the time. Huh. Today, it will be very brutal. Yeah. What we did, and 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 it, and it was brutal. But at the same time. We, it's Cortez. Yeah, yeah. It's Cortez. Is the time that it was. Yeah, and also they were encountering the unknown and the the Aztecs, which were not also kind of soft. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm not justifying or excusing anything. I'm saying sure. that the clash of these two wild worlds together right. made yeah. the conquerors and the indigenous people exactly made yeah. made made what happened being a possible outcome. Right, the possible outcome. So, yeah. oh, it's too bad that they're not going to make it. Yeah, it's it's, it's sad. But uh, that being said, I have uh, yeah, I work with Inyarri too, and uh, I think he's one of the greatest directors. I mean, it's uh, it's fantastic. Of yeah, course. it's funny. Yeah, I, I, it was funny when talking to Del Toro about him because Del Toro will have those. He'll have him come over and look at his edits, mm-hmm. and he and he said that, uh, <clears throat> and Arutu will, will will say like, you know, this is, a, I think this scene's a little long, and I'm like, that guy. He's going to tell you what's long? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because they are, the, the three of them are great in what they do, Alfonso, Guillermo, and Alejandro. Yeah. But they are different. Oh, totally. It's great. No, yeah. They, are, they have their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. So, okay. So, in terms of precision, it seems that like there's, you, you know, the Schnabel movie uh, puts you on the map here, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, the Coen Brothers got you. Uh, that movie got you an Oscar, mm-hmm. but that's a. Uh, but those guys are precise too, right? The Coens, yeah, they were precise. They were, yeah, they were uh, so precise that they will give you a storyboard script. Oh, really? Where everything was already drawn and right, uh, and uh, but they will be very open to also change it if they need it. But they they knew the movie way before. They said action. Yeah. They knew the whole movie. Right. And uh, Roger Dickens, the amazing DP, was there and he did a spectacular job. And yes, that was precise, but also it was, it was precise, but that precision was on my side because my character is very precise as well. Yeah. He's not somebody loose. He's no, not totally he's, controlled. He's not exactly. He's in total control of what he does best. Even his is, haircut. Exactly. Yeah. There's no one hair coming out of the place. <laughs> yeah. And you, and who made those decisions for the character? You? I mean, I know it was no, on the page. The, the, the coins decided the haircut uh-huh. based on a book uh, with photographs of uh, of a brothel in huh. the in the borderline with Mexico in the fifties. Interesting. Yeah. There was a guy there with that haircut, and they say, "We want this," and they say, "Okay." You know, it's one of the most amazing <laughs> scenes in that movie. That like only because you know, speaking of painting and 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 the way that they, you know, uh, you visually see something. And I'm curious as to how many times he shot it. Is that, you know, when he strangled that guy on the floor and the boots were marking the floor, mm-hmm. like that shot, you know, after he dies with those boot markings is, yeah. is like an abstract painting. Absolutely. How, how many times you get to do that? The strangulation happened like in, uh, it, was, it was complicated because I have to have, the guy who was playing the sheriff, yeah, the guard, yeah, uh, the police guy, well, the officer. Uh, he had a an harness, harness, yeah, and my handcuffs were attached to that harness, right. So I could pull without strangling him, right. 
but it was so painful for, for both of us. Yeah. And but still, in order to make it look realistic, we have to spend basically the whole day doing that, doing that scene. So those marks, yeah, were after many takes. Oh right. Yeah. So did they have to wash and get new marks many no, times? Or, no, no, no. Oh, the, no. The marks were one take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a, an amazing visual thing, and it's something I, I always remember because it almost the the marks almost sort of transcend the event. Yeah. The violence, it tells you how violent the, the situation was. Yeah. Yeah, but also on their own. Desperation. It's, it's, it, I don't know. It, it, I just remember it. It's a great shot. <laughs> yeah. The desperation, the, the agony yeah. of, the, of, the, of, the, of the prey. Sure. Right? Being hunted. Yeah. And how did you like working with Brolin? I love I love Josh. I you know him. You worked with him before too, right? On um, were you on, did you do Dune together? Or no. Yeah, yeah, but we haven't we haven't worked actually we haven't worked in scenes together. Wow. We only one fun conversation. Yeah. In in No Country for All Men and in Dune we haven't worked together, but I would love to work with him in Dune too. Yeah. Well, he's like you know I think both of you guys have you know it's like there are certain people that just uh, you know that hold the screen without doing anything <laughs> and you guys are those kind of guys you know i talked to him oh, yeah? you know, and i never met him before and uh, you know he came he drove up like you did and he got out of that car and i'm like oh shit this guy is a real deal <laughs> he's great he's great right and he's the f one of the funniest person ever very funny did you laugh that day yeah. I'm oh sure yeah you yeah your ass off. well there's certain guys there like you know the, like there's certain there's a certain quality like he's a movie star mm -hmm. you know and there are certain movie stars that you know are just well-rounded, you know, funny guys. And yep. and then you start to you kind of talk to them. And you're like, I understand why you're a movie star. You know what right, I mean? Right. But also, beyond being a movie star, he's a great actor, great actor, and, and very, very intelligent dude. <laughs> yeah, a great guy. So is Clooney. Great, great actor and mm -hmm. and funny guy. And so are you. I mean, but do you carry? Do you see yourself as a movie star? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I no. I guess the the idea of a movie star is more about. Uh. Something that excels the 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 fact that he plays a role, right? Something oh, that right. is oh, right. interesting. It's something that is overwhelmed by by many other elements that makes him or her something unique. That's uh, interesting. And uh, not only a good actor or good actresses or well known, less known, well right? Known, is like wow. I don't. Know, if you tell me. It's something uh, transcendent. Like, it's, no matter absolutely. what role they're playing, even if they're doing the role well, you're like, that's fucking Clooney. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. That's a true thing. Yeah. So, but I don't know if that's a, a liability in your life. I mean, they all seem okay. I mean, I've talked to a lot of them, but there's something probably good about just, you know, being, focusing on the acting as opposed to worrying <laughs> about being a movie star. Yeah, especially when you are not, supposed to be a movie star you have never planned to be a movie star and uh, and you are never going to be one so yeah. you just do your job decently and try to do it as decent as you can yeah and uh, listen I'm an actor and I'm blessed by the fact that I can work right and get a job right be paid by it for it yeah uh, most of the actors and actresses are unemployed it's a huge percentage of unemployment yeah, in the yeah, acting yeah. world and to be able to look back and by the time, at the time that we were speaking about yeah. the ages of Lulu with my mom, yeah. and said, well, I've kind of worked uh, constantly since the 90s yeah, uh, with some ups and downs, but mostly like in consecutive years. Yeah. That's a lot. 
yeah to celebrate yeah you, you got a lot of you know and you you got a you got a good uh, resume going and you and how often have you worked with uh, your wife I work with her, Hamon uh, Hamon. Then, uh, so that's where that's where you met Woody her? Allen. Yeah, Woody Allen's. But when did you start dating? Uh, after Woody Allen? Yeah, uh. in, yeah. After one uh, in two thousand seven. So you've been together for the since then. Yeah. So those are the only two movies. No, and then we did two more. Oh yeah. Loving Pablo, where she was, I was playing Pablo Escobar, and she was playing the journalist. Oh yeah. That fell in love with Pablo, yeah. and then one with uh, Asghar Fajardi called Everybody Knows. And do you like uh, acting with your wife? Yeah, she's a great actress. Yeah, she is. We know each other well. There is a lot of work that is already done. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> we don't right. need to excuse ourselves. And she works with Alma. Or ask for permission. Right. <laughs> we right. just go for it. Sure. But at the same time, if it's too intense, it can be like, okay, uh, go back to house and be dad and mom. Right. After right. Uh, sure. uh, an intense scene, it's <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of not the most ideal. <laughs> so <laughs> we, all, we we both think, okay, let's do it. But not too often, like right. here and oh. there. Oh, interesting. So, like, what what actually comes home with you that makes it tricky? Well, like when we're doing when we were doing Louis, loving Pablo, I was playing this monster. And yeah. She was playing this victim, and, yeah. and, and 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 there were scenes that were very brutal, brutal not in, not physically brutal, brutal, but emotionally and psychological. Yeah, and try to go back to be just nice and okay and, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> relax and just make some dinner yeah it was difficult because there was there's always something holding inside of you when you've when you've gone that way when you've made that journey huh. it's normal you've put your body and your emotions and your voice and your yourself into it so you're not going to wash it up Wash it out just because you clapped your hands or because you snapped your fingers. It, it takes time. Right. So do you think that there's a, a, a moment, too, where, where where she may think, like, I didn't know you had that inside of you? Of course. Right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of, or, of course you go, did that scare you? <laughs> and she was like, well, I wasn't expecting that, and uh, which is a good thing because you sure. want to surprise your, sure. right. <laughs> your right. partner. But then you want to put it away. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, great talking to you, man. Thanks for Thank coming Thank you very by. much. Nice to Thank see you. Thank you very much. Javier Bardem. Yeah, we did all right, right? Being the Ricardos is now streaming on Prime Video. Go to wtfpod.com slash tour for all the upcoming tour dates. I've heard nothing about any of them getting switched or fucked with. Okay? Now I'm going to do, I don't know, I'm going to play guitar.
Boomer lives. Monkey, La Fonda, Cat Angels, everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs>